Welcome to Three Besties in Different Decades, where two Canadians and a Texan come together and do life on the daily. Join Lori from Lori Team Plans, Steph with Steph's Design Space, and Mel from Sticker Designs by Mel. For fun, planning, and lots of laughs, grab a snack and enjoy the shenanigans. Action. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey. Okay, my hair it's is been a minute. Sorry, Patreon. I just got out of the shower, so my hair is like, I'm letting it do its drying thing on its own. So I'm yeah, looking a hot mess. A mess. I'm a mess. My office is a mess. This is my life. So, so be it. At least your voice is coming back. Yeah. Well, your voice is coming back. Yes. It's back. It's been back. And she, there she goes yawning. I know. I'm we sorry. just said I no yawn. yawning. I'm I'm a yawner. Okay, <laughs> I yawn because I'm a shallow breather. I know. And I don't. I don't. I'm not a deep breather. I'm not a deep thinker. There ain't nothing deep about me. I'm just a shallow person, <laughs> all the way around. Nice. And here we are doing a book <laughs> review, <laughs> where you got to get deep. <laughs> okay, but the book was good. Um. I did yeah. have I did have it figured out though, but we'll we'll get into that when we start talking about the book. Anyway, how's everyone's week been? Lori's been busy today. Really busy today. Yeah, I'm getting back from vacation, so it's been um, you know just everything that kind of got left to the wayside. And my son's house was closing today, so I was a part of that scenario. So I had to make sure I was around. And yeah, it's been busy. Trying to get laundry yeah. done and, you know, cat box cleaned and, you know, all the fun stuff in life. Like, honestly, how can you ask for anything better? <laughs> Have you gotten to the actual real fun stuff yet? No. Since you've been back on from vacation? <laughs> I no. did, I did mm. a plan with me this morning, filmed <laughs> it, and then that was it. I haven't been able to do anything I wanted to do. Aww. I got well, hopefully today you can. I got club stuff to take care of and uh, all kinds of issues there from when I was away. And yeah. So anyway, it's just been a day. How about you guys? Uh, I've lot. been okay. Just been busy taking the kids to things, taking Ron to appointments. My sister's coming tomorrow with my nephew, nephews and my niece. So I'm going to see her for the day. That's about it. I mean, nothing exciting. It's kind of fun. At least you're going to see well, me visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be, it'll be nice. Okay, I'm well, just not looking forward to school <laughs> starting. Don't sound like all kinds of convincing, sir. <laughs> like, I don't want the whole world to know about things, so I'm just gonna, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> well i just got back from visiting my sister and it was fun it was great three days in a hotel and mostly we watched netflix and chatted and just hung out and had fun together it was awesome nice yeah it was so much fun oh and we we stayed at a casino hotel and i won like 125 50 i don't know i can't add Anyway, I won some money off of their ten free dollars, so I spent nothing and walked out there with with a lot more than I walked in with. That's awesome. And my, and my kitty's doing good. That's, yeah, 
She's yeah. So big. Oh my gosh. She was laying up here yes, earlier. Getting big already. Huh? She was laying up here earlier, but she hopped down. Nice. But she's getting herself fixed on Thursday. No baby kitties. No. I can't believe how early you guys do it. Well, because state. she's a rescue and the place I got her from literally, literally I signed a piece of paper saying they still own her until she is fixed. They can repo my cat if I don't take her to this appointment. So that's not happening. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I put her harness on her and, and her leash and took her for a walk in the front and she loved it. Aww. But it's okay. You need to take video next time. I will. It's still kind of too big for her. So I wasn't comfortable, like, not having all hands available to whatever. Anyway, so that is my update. Anywho, nice. That is my update. So, about this book, what did we read? I don't remember who it was by. It was by, oh my gosh. I have it right here handy. Let oh, me. good. Jillian Flynn. Yes. It's called Sharp Objects by Jillian Flynn. Yeah. She's the author of Gone Girl. Yes. Which I found to be a really good movie. Did I still have not watched that. Oh, really? Out of all the movies you watch. Yeah. What do you watch if you don't watch all these good ones? <laughs> I didn't know it was a good one. I don't know. I thought it was just a random one. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Gone Girl was about. Anyway, that's not the book we're talking about. So Okay, no, I'm just going to give you a synopsis, okay? <laughs> Gone Girl's about this whack job who hooks herself up with this guy, but then she falls out with them and ends up trying to figure out. She, she fakes her own death so that her husband or boyfriend or whatever he was kind of gets looked at like he's the he's the one that done it and then she goes off to this guy that she used to go with and it it's a sordid mess that one i don't know that wow. i read that book much like this one i found i oh, think jillian flynn is like Woo-hoo. she has issues i liked this one i really liked this book did you i did really it I took got- me so we'll, we'll talk but yeah I, I don't I get ahead of the game. At points, I got confused. And to be honest, I'm going to be fair. I think my my thing is, is I enjoy reading books almost from beginning to end with very little break. So I like, I'll read about 10 chapters and then the next time I pick it up. But by that time, I'm knee deep. This time, I didn't really have that opportunity. So I was reading a couple pages here and a couple. So I feel, I felt kind of dis you know kind of separated from it the story you know what i mean and it kind of confused me at parts and then i'd have to go back and anyway that's my trouble not yours no but i i understand so i started reading it today at 11 o'clock or so and i finished it at 4 52 (laughs) just before we were going to record so yes i left it to the last minute and i shouldn't have but at least i got it read but reading it I mean, I found it easy to read. I didn't I didn't feel confused at any point about what was going on. However, I found there were a lot of parts that were written that didn't need to be there. 
right? to me. There were a lot of sections excessive. of the book that I was like, I why do I need to know this? None of this has anything to do with what's going on. I don't care that her skirt is sky blue or whatever. Like, none of that matters. I just found there was a lot of extra. And then when we got to the end where we find out all the stuff, it just bang happened. You know what I mean? So there's all this long drawn out stuff, details and all this extra stuff that didn't need to be there. And then bam, we've got an ending. Yeah. I'm like, you could have cut out all the middle stuff and just drawn it out differently. I don't know. So I found these to be my friend because what I did was I, I highlighted stuff that I, you know, kind of look at you or whatever. And then I highlighted and, yeah, and I still was confused at points. I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> anyway, wow. okay, so I looked up some questions so we okay. can discuss. Are we ready for the questions? Sure are. All right. First one. So soon after arriving to Wind Gap, Camille reflects that Curry was wrong. He was the newspaper guy. Mm-hmm. Right? So Curry yeah, was wrong. Being an outsider was more distracting than useful. What exactly was Curry wrong about? What advantage did he think Camille's insider status would bring with it? Was he ultimately wrong? Can you repeat that? <laughs> so basically, her boss said, hey, this is going to be easy for you because you grew up there, right? So this is going to yeah. be easy. You know the people. Um you know, that's your advantage. She said it made it harder. So who was right? Who was wrong? Like, what do you think about her being from there? How did that affect her being able to? Well, personally, I could see his point because he didn't know her background. He didn't know, you know, things that happened to her while she was there or how she grew up or so he's just like, hey, you got it in. You know, the people there go find out. I think maybe she should have probably maybe divulged a little bit of information as to why she was hesitant on going back. But at the end of the day, well, when see, I telling you to do something, you kind of go, okay. Yeah. Right. But I got the impression that he was well aware of what she dealt with when she lived there. Cause he knew about her cutting. He knew about her hospital stay he knew about the issues with her mom because whenever she would call, he would say, are you okay? And she'd talk about the case. He's like, no, no, not that. Are you okay? Like, are you cutting? Like, what's going on? Like, he seemed to know all that. At least that's the impression I got. But uh, he may have I don't not know. About, he, I think he knew about that. I don't think okay. he knew about everything some, that led up to that. Well, we that's true. We give some trigger warnings here because this is... Oh, yeah. This could be massive trigger warning. Yeah. So if you have issues in in regards to this type of thing, then maybe you shouldn't listen. I don't yeah. want to. Upset yeah. So it, it involves cutting. It yeah. involves murder. It involves yeah. um sexual abuse. Yes. So if that is a thing, this is not the podcast for you today. No. Right. <laughs> um um but i want to say i go ahead no go ahead no go ahead she is her own worst enemy Mm. she is so damaged (laughs) yeah 
that she doesn't know how to be objective. She doesn't know how to, you know what I'm saying? There was no healing on her part. Uh-huh. Um, she just went there with all these open wounds. And of course, you can't, you can't do the job that she needed to do because she still had her own issues. Yeah. 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 I don't so, know. I get it. I think it was just I a mean, bad think... place for her to be to do any kind of job of any sort. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. 100%. But I think that he was kind of right in sending her because, like you said, she knew the people and stuff. But also, I think a lot of the movement in the case was because of her talking to Richard. And some of the places that she had been, he followed afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the whole hospital thing. That. Yeah. So I think there was like some give and take in that relationship. I think some of the movement in the case came from her sharing information with Richard. Anyways, that's that's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the next question. Sure thing. Sure. So <laughs> after 10 years of abstinence... What is it that motivates Camille's promiscuity during her return to Wind Gap? What do you make her for choice of partners, both relative outsiders in the town? Oh, I know the answer to this one. Okay, because I'm mine short. Okay, mine too. I, I honestly think that I think partly from her mom. But I think she think when she went back home, she's thinking of herself as a bad girl. She's thinking of herself as less yeah. than, Damn you know, it. that kind of, yeah. So I think it just opened the floodgates for her to do whatever she was, she wanted to do. I, I could be wrong on that one, but that's the way I can. Oh, I, I agree. Low self-esteem, already yeah. feels damaged, you know. Surrounded by all kinds of men that really treated her horribly. That but... and the fact that she was jealous of her younger sister. Mm. Yeah, and I wonder why that was, because I don't because know. Because that... she wasn't top dog anymore, so she still had that. Because that's the only thing she had going for her growing up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, from I think- a writing perspective, though, I thought those two encounters were not necessary. No, they weren't necessary. Honestly, like, and I read books that have a lot of sex in them usually, but these two encounters, to me, as a reader of a written work, seemed like it was thrown in just to try to grab in those women that like to read those kind of books. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it like, had to no reach bearing another on audience. the case. <laughs> It didn't help the case. It didn't help build any other relationships. I mean, even the fact that she opened up to John and John opened up to her and they both knew that he was innocent, that kind of thing in the in the motel room, that didn't need to progress as far as it went. You so, know what I mean? Maybe we need to s- describe what it is because listening to you guys talk back and forth if <laughs> i hadn't read the book i'd be wondering what are, what are they talking about we you know what i mean yeah so she had sexual relations with the detective and then an 18 year old the suspect brother of the vic- one of the victims one of the victims yeah 
Now, the the younger one accepted all of her scars, whereas Richard did not. He was very right. put off by all of that. Yeah, but even then, he only saw those scars after, like when she was at her mom's house and when she had been made ill by her mom. He didn't see the scars when they were having sex because she kept her clothes oh, on. Yeah, but yeah. But also, when he found out that she had relations with an 18-year-old, well, that is off-putting. I am so sorry. You are a grown woman. I don't know. Yeah. And that's the the brother of the victim. I don't know. It was just... Yeah. Again, it goes to her damage state, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But like I said, it writing-wise to me, I don't think either of those encounters needed to happen. They didn't serve a purpose to the storyline for me. No. Honestly. Okay, so number three, does Camille deliberately sabotage her relationship with Richard? Could they have made a good couple? I say yes, that she did. Okay, one and thing. No, they could not have. Let's talk about who Richard is in the, in the, the whole. The detective. Story. Okay, so Richard is the detective. Yes. In the, okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. So Richard is the detective to... that she had a relationship with first. And they did. They hung out a lot together. They did a lot together. Yeah. Um, as far as the case goes, they got friendly, chummy, had some sexual encounters. Um, I think he truly cared for her, you know, I mean, as much as you can for anybody you've just met. Yeah. Um, I think he really liked her, but she was always so closed off anyway. You yeah. know what I'm saying? At any given moment, she could have at least talked about her you know, past to help him understand why she was, you know, more reserved, but she never did. And I don't think they could make a good couple because she was way too damaged and not, not really seeking to make changes about that. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think think it was way easier for her where she was to just ignore it all. Right. Put it off and forget everything yeah, that just very and i think going back there just opened up all the wounds oh yeah and like you said once richard saw her scars from her cutting he was not open to that he was not willing to accept her as she was mm-hmm. so he was willing to accept what he thought he was seeing what she was showing him but he was not willing to accept her as she actually was which was damaged so that would not have gone well. No, it would not have. Okay, so the next question, and we'll have to um, explain who these characters are. Yeah. So the next one is, does Emma feel real affection for Camille? Or what are her motivations for getting closer to Camille? So Emma is Camille's younger half-sister. They share a mom, but not yeah. a dad. Um. And Emma was very much a bully. Like, she was a bully and the whole... I mean, it was a small town. This is a small town. So, she was the ringleader of, you know, the cool girls. Everybody else was just less than. And everyone did what she said. Or they were not part of her group and she would bully them and be mean to them. So, that that's kind of what Emma's character is. Um, but then there is a moment where... She tries to help Camille. And hindsight being what she said, 
it was like foreshadowing because Camille's like you know why are you being nice to me right now when you've been a total b-word to me the whole time and she's like because when it's late at night when it's really quiet it's easier so it's like when there was so much going on she had a hard time controlling her meanness um, See, I was torn about I was torn about Emma because, I mean, she's psychotic in my opinion. That girl has some oh, psychotic yeah. tendencies, and I could um, I could just see it, just yeah through the pages. I could see that. Oh she, yeah, the moment like, like right? her, the moment that she just everything, but the moment when she stole the teddy bears and stuff from the, um, what was that called? the like a memorial kind of thing yeah the memorial thing and no bombs i'm like yeah she's she's off her rocker yeah (laughs) so but i honestly don't think ama was trying to help camille i know it it seemed like it but to me it came across as she's trying to get rid of camille or manipulating her or manipulating her giving her the drugs she I guess almost kind of like broke her ankle and then smashed her head in the pavement and bleeding everywhere. Like, yeah, I I feel like the more Camille was trying to be nice to her mom, try to get along with her mom and not be defiant, which she always had been. Ama was now being replaced as the good girl. Oh yeah, she, there was huge jealousy going on. There. Yeah, a lot. It was, it was very toxic. I think that relationship for yeah. sure. All of those relationships yeah. were toxic. Oh yeah. The, oh my gosh. Yeah. The mother was a psychopath, and and the stepfather, like, what was his thing? Like, he anyway. was an ostrich. He is a don't know, don't see, yep. don't talk. Yeah, right. Just, he's an ostrich. I know head nothing. in the sand the whole time. Head in the sand. Head in the sand. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what similarities do you see Camille and between Camille and? um Emma I don't know that I seen any to be honest I I don't well, they know. were both they were both the popular girl yeah um they but both wanted they... their mom's attention and love yeah. um but they were the popular girl for different reasons I think well they're both beautiful yeah. And they were the popular girl because they were the daughters of the most prominent family in the town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you didn't you didn't mess with that family because they ran the town. <clears throat> yeah. And aside from Ama's psychotic tendencies, <laughs> um <laughs> it seems like they both had the same way of trying to deal outwardly with what was going on with their mom like the whole promiscuity with all the boys the overly sexual kind of thing because camille talks about when she was a teen or in grade eight she was in grade eight she she let four guys just do her take their turns with her right um and they make that's like normal i took that the wrong way i don't think that she let anything happen Oh, I think she did. Really? Mm. 
I don't know about that. I, I don't know. I, I think like it was her way of like dealing was... because she had so much pain at home, not being seen, not being cared for, her sister dying or dead at that point. I don't remember. I think it was her way of just like rebelling and just not feeling anything. You know what I mean? See, I, I took that as, as a rape. That's what I took that as. Well, because it is. Well, but I don't it, think it is. he took it that way. No. To her, it was normal. I thought that's what you were inferring, that she let it happen because that's... She didn't do anything to stop it. Well, it's hard to do that when there's... The, the four of them. Four football players yeah. standing around you, right? But also at that age, whether she wanted it or not, it's still rape. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, you can't Absolutely. make that kind of decision at that age. But in, so. I, I do believe in her mind, just like in Emma's mind, um, this was just the way that it was. Yeah. That could be. Um, okay, this is a weird question. I don't even know that I have an answer to it. Why is Emma so obsessed with her dollhouse? What significance does we it hold for her? We find out about it later on in the book. Well, I know that. But and I don't I, want to ruin it for our listeners, but. But in the beginning, though, okay, before that happened. It's building her perfect home. Yeah, I think I think oh, what yeah, she I was so. trying to do was stage it the way she. But it was wishing. exactly like her house. Yeah, everything. And even the the, the little people in it, I think. Yes. Yeah. And every all the the upholstery and the curtains. And yeah. that's why she got upset when something I don't remember what it was now, but something wasn't right. And she just threw that stuff and broke it. It was like, what's the point of, of having it special ordered yeah. if it's not gonna be right? Like it had to look exactly like yeah. her home, but which is weird because it was not a good home environment. So no. why? I don't know. But she was trying to control it. She was trying to control the home environment. Maybe. And I think that's one of the things that really uprooted everything when Camille came into the picture. It just threw everything out of whack. Everything she'd been working towards. And maybe make it make it better for her. Like yeah, maybe I guess so. Look at okay, this is what it is here, but this is this is better. This is where right. I wish I'm going to do things different yeah okay so camille's addicted to cutting which is a form of self-harm why do you think she specifically cuts words into her skin her way of expressing her pain yeah, i think it's just because she can't really talk about it outwardly yet so she well because i know she had mentioned at one time that she did it because she didn't want to forget the words like conversations and, and and she's a yeah. writer also right and so she didn't yeah. want those to be lost which you know there's, there's a psychological component to that um especially some of the words that she had cut into herself i know yeah but yeah her life her life does revolve around words yeah that's how she knows how to express herself and she says it that from a year from a young age she liked to go around and write in a notebook things that were happening over so and words over and over she would write the her. same thing over and over and over and over yeah. again and yeah. even when she stopped so, cutting she would write them on her skin yeah. yeah but then she could feel them burning into her skin like 
it's interesting that she could like feel them on her skin in different places on her body like where she wishes they could be in that moment well i think and i'm obviously not a professional but when i have read certain things about people who do cut even if it's just a cut they can usually tell you this cut was when this happened and this cut was when this happened because there's a certain mental occurrence or injury or something that happens that caused yeah Yeah. so those words bring up that kind of mental situation and she can associate to it at that point right kind of like a memory which is a horrible way of putting it but the only way i know how to put it in words right now yeah i would get that okay next question so camille is shocked when she when her suspicions about marion's illness are confirmed so marion was her younger sister that died yeah um, Yeah. when she was a kid do you think she believed adora which was her mother deliberately killed marion do you believe marion's death was intentional I think Camille had some pretty early suspicions that her mom might have had something to do with it, but she was not willing to accept it or she really wanted to disprove it. But when she saw Marion's file at the hospital, it was clear cut that mom was the one that was responsible for it. And I do believe, I do believe that um, Adora did yeah. kill her daughter by over drugging her by the Munchausen by proxy. proxy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she had Munchausen's by proxy. I don't think her intention in the beginning was to kill her daughter. I think it was just no. to her sick. I think she yes. when it happened though, she was just like, okay, I'm just gonna get more sympathy now. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think she I think she would have just kept Marion sick her whole life because oh, yeah. she yeah. loved that. Um, the yeah. attention and all of that. I don't think her intention would ever to to kill her. It's just it went too far and she died. So she just but yeah. then she started doing the same thing to um Anna uh-huh. and Camille. And Camille. I think she'd been doing it to Ama for a while. Yeah, but Ama was smart. She knew. That's so what she's like. Sometimes I take him and sometimes I don't. You know? Yeah. And her so. whole statement about people try to hurt me, but it actually hurts them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she knew. She knew enough to play her mama. Um, give her mom what yeah. she needed so she could get what she needed very very toxic relationship can you imagine I imagine as i was reading this book i'm thinking to myself i could not even fathom living in this no. environment no just the minute i saw i read the part where ama has her full-on tantrum about that piece of furniture that was wrong like a two-year-old's temper tantrum i was like no there's, there's something wrong with this girl this is not normal yeah when yeah. she was 13 like i just yeah, she's 13 years old, throwing a two-year-old's temper tantrum. Yeah. I was like, there's, there's something severely wrong here. Like, well, I guess we have to buy a new one now. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just crazy. Um, Is there goodness in Adora, the mom? 
Are there any moments which she seems to be more human or more kind? No. I don't I don't think that woman has a stitch of kindness. And I'll I'm gonna tell you something right from the get-go. This is uh, I'm gonna read it to you because I want you to know what I'm talking about. So when Camille went there and she knocked on her mother's door, oh, Lord, I know. Her mother said, um, she opened the door and stood in the doorway, didn't seem surprised and didn't offer a hug, not even a limp one I'd expected. Is something the matter? No, mama, not at all. I'm in town on business. Business? Well, goodness. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Come in, come in. The house is not up to par for a visitor, I'm afraid. Right away when I read that line, I thought, okay, yeah, she's... Well, you know, like further on in the book, she literally has Camille, they're on the back porch or somewhere drinking drinks. And she's like, I finally figured out why I don't love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like to her own daughter. And she's like, why? And it's because Camille reminded her of her own mother. Yeah. Yeah. And she was too willful of a child. And that's she couldn't control Camille. Mm -mm. And Camille didn't know how to play the game. Right. So that's when she started controlling Miriam. Miriam became the favorite. She could do the drugs and the sickness and control Miriam until she died. And then right after she had um, Dora, Emma. Okay. And Emma was a mix between Miriam and Camille where she could be controlled, but she was still very strong-willed and she learned to play the game. That's how she survived and then turned crazy. Yeah. It's how can you Angry. not be psychotic when you have a mother like that? Adora was able to fake kindness and fake caring, like publicly, outwardly, with the Munchausen by proxy. You know, oh, here, I'll kiss it all better. I'll take care of you, that kind of thing. She bit a baby. But deep down, right? I know deep down there's some cold, dark, just bad shit down there. Oh, yeah. 100%. okay so i think we've already kind of talked about this how would you describe alan who was adora's husband camille's stepdad amma's real dad um a man who as camille says never sweats living among so much anxiety do you see this type of contrast between cleanliness and filth order and disorder elsewhere in the book okay the fact that their house was pristine, but yet they owned a pig slaughtering company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And he honestly, he was just there for the ride, for the co- creature comforts. He did not care about anything ever. Yeah. He was just no. uh, whatever my wife wants, she gets. And I'm just going to read my newspaper and I'm just going to play golf and I'm just going to do my thing. And I don't yeah nothing else he did not like he was the definition of a whipped man oh i was just gonna say that the the biggest whipped husband face of the earth but i don't know that he was whipped in the fact that he cared you know some men get whipped and and it, it didn't start out that way i think this relationship started out where he literally he was just there i don't think he desired anything more than that 
I think he does care about Adora though, because at oh, he does point, care about remember, her. He tells Camille like you're gonna have to leave because you threatened to like I forget he, Adora had made some sort of accusations that Camille said oh, yeah. she was gonna she kill was her or something like that. So I don't sick. remember. She was getting so ill because you know Camille was doing this whole investigative thing. Oh right, talking about the dead girl's bones and stuff. Yes, that's what it was. And she's like, I never talked about any of that. What are you doing? Yeah, but he believed Adora like but nobody's that's my whole thing with the head in the sand. I'm just gonna believe Adora. I'm not gonna ask questions. I'm not you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Because even as things started coming to light, he still had his head in the sand. Yeah, I'm gonna do what I'm told. Yeah, listen just... to what I'm told. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's it. I di- I didn't like him at all. No. Um okay the oh, story about cutting i do off- want sorry i just oh, no. i just wanted to add one more thing i just thought of without giving too much away he should have been charged as accessory I to everything going on in that house I agree. but he was out and free and able to pay her bail to get her out of jail so that she could be comfortable at in her home mm-hmm. but he should have been charged with accessory just saying not that it's a real story but you know in real life he was there if he chose to have his head in the sand that's his problem but he was there living in the same house Mm -hmm. i agree with that yeah um So, discuss the theme of violence throughout the book, including animal slaughter, sexual assault, cutting, biting, and, of course, murder. What do you make of the way residents of Wind Gap respond to violence? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell you. When I was reading this book, I, I'm i going to... It's funny that you'll probably all laugh, but you know what this town kind of reminded me of? What? Stepford Wives. Everyone just went about their business. And it's like nobody, you know, the blinders are on, you know, straight in the narrow, right? It it was like, I'm thinking, oh my God, wake up, people. Don't do anything Mm -hmm. to bring attention or, you know, nothing. And we don't, was it almost like, uh, what is that saying? Don't something, something, don't tell, don't, what is it? I don't know. Like you just pretend. You per- it's all pretend. Yeah, it's that's the thing. That's like one of yeah. appearances. You're yeah. just keeping up appearances at all cost. Yeah. Right? That's that why I say everything... Stepford wives, because yes. that's Stepford wide mentality. Everyone lived in the perfect house. Yes. Perfect this. And the, you know what I mean? Yes. It was like everything was just perfect. Yeah. So because there were a few there were a few times it was mentioned in the book that it's such a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. I'm like, okay, so if everyone knows everybody's business because it's such a small town, how is it that Alma and her three little blonde friends can, like, torture their schoolmates and no one says anything, but everyone knows it's happening, but no one says anything? No. That that to me was like, no... Even her, um, so not Camille's friends, but they were friends growing up in high school. So they kind of got together, had drinks or whatever. 
when the mm-hmm. woman was having a meltdown because her husband didn't want any more kids and whatever. Um, yeah. But they were kind of starting to talk about that dynamic with a- Emma and mm-hmm. their own daughters. And then they're like, Shh, you know, you forget who you're talking to, you know? Yeah. And so it's like they knew that their daughters were probably in the presence of a psychopath and still did mm-hmm. nothing about it. Yeah. But even that that conversation about my husband wants no more children, boo hoo hoo, and and the other one said like, something about children. I'm like, okay, he so this is like, for, but you do. I mean, they were bawling and crying, and I know it's, like, it's I a very superficial boy. conversation, so right? Super superficial, just all about appearances, all about how we look to everyone. Never mind trying to deal with the real issues. Yeah. Yeah, like she said, the Stepford Wives or whatever, those things where people are just, it's all about appearance, nothing else. It's That's why I say, when as I was reading it, it was almost like from the get-go when she first got there, I got that feeling like everyone was like, anyway, I don't know, it was a bit weird. I feel like I saw Nicole Kidman's face while I was reading. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. But they do, they, they try to make it sound like it's somewhat normal for these things to happen, like blasé. Mm-hmm. yeah okay who's bothering yes did you get my text yes oh okay that's fine we're just recording a podcast i'll just edit this out you okay okay i think so yeah but i'll double check okay okay hi kenny hi <laughs> so yeah they it's almost like they try to normalize it so they can be okay with it because if you if you normalize bad things then it's not a bad thing anymore well it it kind of goes away for them all yeah i don't know so weird i think that's why a lot of the times i got confused (laughs) because i i didn't know when when i'm expecting everyone to be as upset as I was reading a certain part I'm thinking where the, where's everybody why isn't everybody freaking out here like that's why I was yeah. like yeah how are there not more people up in arms right now okay so why does Camille allow herself to be poisoned by Adora I don't know that that's a really good question I know why she does it in the end. I couldn't quite pinpoint at which point the light bulb went off in her head thinking my mom did something. I think it was when her mom sat down on the stairs and had that conversation, the I finally figured out why I don't love you and had that whole conversation to me. And I think that's when I messaged you guys saying, oh, the mom did it because to me that whole conversation was an admission of guilt right um that's how i was taking it so i think maybe a light bulb went off in camille's head at that point saying there's something not right i don't know what it is and then maybe also seeing ama sometimes she was sick and sometimes she was fine and then she was sick and then she was fine 
And she mentions that it seemed a lot like what she had seen with Marion. And that's even way before she sees Marion's file. So I think a light bulb went off and she kind of, I don't know, she knowingly accepts that help, we'll say, from her mom um, to kind of prove it or disprove it. But I know towards the end, she does it on purpose to catch her mom. Yes, but I think in the beginning, she does it as a way out, hoping she would die. That could be true. You know, you think she's trying to die? I don't know. I think there there reached a point where if it happens, great. Like it's done, it's over. I don't have to worry about this anymore because so much was being dredged up. Like so much of her everything was just being dredged up and there was nobody there to talk to to help her. Nothing. She was basically on her own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and assess pool. So I think there was a part of her that death would have been easy. Why do you think she started drinking so much? And then, oh my gosh. And then she goes and starts doing drugs with her younger sister. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what? I'm just going to (laughs) roll the dice and whatever happens, happens. I'm not saying that she was suicidal per se, but I think that she gave up and was just like, whatever. I just, whatever happens, happens. I don't care. Maybe just gave up trying to fight it all, I guess. Yes. Fighting her mom, fighting all the things. Just, it was just too much. And then I think what perked her up was trying to prove what happened to Miriam, her, her sister, because you know what I'm saying? So when she started having these thoughts, like you said, and then she kind of backed away from the booze. She backed away from the drugs. She got a little more yeah. clear-headed because then she had a focus. And that focus was on yeah. her, you know, dead sister. Right. Um, yeah. I think until that point, she didn't have enough care for herself to care what happened. Yeah. That is very true, I think. Um. So in describing her crimes... Emma recalls happy wild times with Anne and Natalie. Why isn't Amma able to keep these girls as friends? Do their violent undercurrents doom these friendships to fail or could they have been overcome? So Anne and Natalie were the two girls who were murdered. Yes. And that's what brought Camille there to investigate these murders that were happening in this really small town. Um, and no, Emma could not have kept these girls as friends for many reasons. Yeah. The main reason is because her mom, Adora, yeah. had yeah. started helping out those two girls, tutoring them and stuff yes. like that. And that took the attention right off of Amma, and she was not having that. Yeah. So... From what I remember reading, I think the two girls died about a year apart from each other. Yes. It was a bit apart. And yeah. they were and they were both younger than Amma too. I think they were greater two younger than her. Yeah. So yes. because that was Amma picking on them. Now there's discussion that they were biters. Honestly, maybe they were, but I think it ended up not having much to do with anything. It was kind of like a deceiving Oh yeah, they were just I don't know, like a deceiving path, just trying to yes. throw it, yeah, throw us off the trail. Um, but yeah, no, there's absolutely zero way that Alma could have been friends with them because, like you said, so 
Adora started being friend friendly with Anne at first when she was tutoring her, taking care of her. But then when Anne got all like violent and stuff, Adora was trying to give her more attention to make her calm, taking that away from Ama. And then same thing yeah. happened with Natalie a year later. Right. Yep. So Ama had to yeah. take care of that shit right quick. And I think that's why when I see what's happening with her and Camille, that's not a good relationship because Camille is now the next person in that line of needing to be cared for. You know what I mean? Yeah, Taking that attention away. Yeah. So. Okay. So weird, um, eh? The whole dynamic is just so, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's so twisted. We won't even get into the fact that I can relate to some of these people. Mm. Not me personally, but my family we all know my family six shades of loony um yeah okay so this is an interesting question especially since Lori and i love true crime so as a reporter camille often has to distinguish between original quotes and quotes that are influenced by true crime dramas what is the author saying about our society and our exposure to crime stories? Are the police working the case also guilty of this pop culture shorthand? Hmm. That's a really good question. I don't quite know how to answer that. Yeah. So I, 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 I think that as with anything that happens, when you are inundated with whether it's it's true crime dramas or medical dramas or whatever, people start looking through life through that lens. Yeah. And I can see how how it could easily cross over to where you're training as, as a detective, let's just say, versus all the true crime detectives you hear in the stories. Yeah. I can see how... That could affect your perception. I can see how that could affect how you deal with certain leads as opposed to relying on the training that you've had. You're letting these little things filter in and kind of turn and tweak how things should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Richard, everything, everything, everything was this cannot be a woman, cannot be a woman. This, the, the, the profile is a man, et cetera, et cetera. Even though that boy said, I clearly saw a woman. Yes. And, um, but they were so dismissive of that. Yeah. So because I, he's nine years old and. Yeah. yeah i don't think yeah. they did a very good job to be honest but then again no. they we're talking about the stepford wives town like i don't know that they even knew how to investigate it properly no yeah. but also just like with so many other here we go <laughs> true crime stories that we have listened to and they've dug deep in the cops get hyper focused on the perfect suspect yes and yes what was his name was it John? John. Yeah. John. So John was, he fit the perfect profile. He was the perfect suspect, even though there was no proof whatsoever. Zero zilch nada. I mean, mm -hmm. he cried because he missed his sister. And even Richard, the detective. And they thought like, he was putting no on a show. Could, yeah. No man cries like yeah. that, you know, over the blah, blah, blah. Okay. Again, now you're interjecting your own thoughts and feelings 
into this. So I think most detectives, honestly, they do get hyper-focused on the perfect and, and it blinds them to all the other very yeah. obviously, glaringly obvious things that are going on around yeah. them. Yeah. And sometimes too, they let other people's opinions influence the way they think. And yes, you know what I mean? So. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so at the end of the book, Camille isn't certain of her answer to one key question. Was I good at caring for Emma because of kindness or did I like caring for Emma because I have Adora's sickness? She does not have Adora's sickness. No. I don't think so. I, she I, does not. If anything, I think it was because of her sister. She yes. felt she didn't. Yeah, she felt like she didn't do enough for Miriam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she wholeheartedly wanted to take care of Emma, yeah. God help her, um, and be the best big sister that she could be. So, yeah. and I think that in itself also blinded her to yes. glaringly obvious things. I was just going to say that her wanting to care for Amma to get her out of that horrible situation because she hadn't been able to do that for Marion. I think that completely put blinders on her. She yes. could not see what was going on. She could not see the damage that had been caused. Her mental state, like she couldn't see any of it. All she saw now was Adora. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that was she became like the detect like the detective. She had her one person and she focused on that one person and that's it. Yeah. So <clears throat> but I will say this. Emma did a magnificent job of covering her tracks. And I honestly, if she wouldn't have got jealous after they moved, I don't think she would have got caught. You think? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't know about Anna and Natalie. Okay. So we're just going to have to like, kind of talk about, the book well we're gonna have to talk about and, it and the ending so it. we can have this discussion otherwise yeah. it's you know <laughs> okay well who who are we talking about that moved so when the when adora was arrested oh and, okay that and moving they yeah. moved back to i don't remember where her was it chicago chicago okay chicago yeah. so and amma moved with camille because the mom yeah. was in jail Right. So Camille yeah. was doing everything to take care of her sister, got her in school, um, had a friend, but that friend also liked Camille, which made yeah. Emma jealous because, oh my gosh, someone's going to be loved more than me. And I, d mm -hmm. I don't think they would have ever connected um, Emma to the kids in Wind Gap. If she right. would not have done what she did in Chicago. No, I, yeah. I can see that for sure. Because mm. you could tell because she had a massive meltdown when Camille refused to scrub her down in the bathtub and rub al rubbing alcohol on her like Adora used to. And she's like, no, we're not doing like she used to. Yep. That just sent her off the deep end. She's like, no, I need that attention. That's the attention I'm used to getting. That's the attention I want. 
but I still don't think that's what's why you're psycho. <laughs> I think the only reason why, okay, so we're going to have to tell our listeners so we can have this real conversation. Yes. Just so yeah. what ends up happening is Emma is the one who actually killed Anne and Natalie and wind gap. She moves yeah. in with her sister in Chicago because everyone thinks Adora did it. Adora killed the younger sister. They think that Adora killed these other two girls as well. Um, so Emma moves in with Camille and Camille's not taking care of her the way Adora used to take care of her. She doesn't like that at right. all. Right. But then um, uh, Emma has a friend and brings her over and the friend starts really talking and getting along with Camille. Camille's getting along with the yeah. friend and that sets Emma right off. And so she ends up killing, I don't remember the girl's name, so sorry. Um, but she ends up killing. I think it was Lily or Lila or something like that. Yeah, she ends up it killing was an her. L. And... Did she kill her though? Yes. Because I thought the last we read was she just disappeared and we just assume she's dead. Okay. Just saying. We know she killed her. I don't know. Okay. I'm confident she killed her. I just don't undone. remember. I just honestly um, don't remember if it was specified. So, yeah. So she kills her and um, because she disappeared, that's when Camille starts putting it together. And one thing that bothered Camille more than anything, being an investigative reporter, is the teeth. Where were the teeth? Because they were yeah. not with the with the girls. Yeah. Okay. And um, they were nowhere in the house because no. that was like would have been the only one thing that connect that proved that um, Adora did it was finding the well, teeth. Well, they, found, they the never found the pliers. Yeah. yeah yeah they found the pliers but not the teeth <laughs> oh my God. and i don't know i don't remember and you just finished the book mel so you would be better at describing how camille came to put together where the teeth were they were just trying to think of where the teeth could be and yeah. all of a sudden she remembered the dollhouse yeah. was so important to ama and she was always working on that dollhouse. Always. And then there's even a point where um, Camille went into her bedroom and Alma was on the floor and her three blonde besties were in a circle around her standing while she was gluing something in the house and they were giggling and stuff. Right. And I kind of figured like there's something really wrong with that. And I didn't know yet. Right. I didn't know yet what that was. But yeah. to me, it seemed off. I'm like, what 13 year old? Like, not that there's anything wrong with a 13 year old playing with the dollhouse. But what 13 year old puts that much effort into a dollhouse to the point where, you know, all their friends are standing there watching so carefully at yeah. what they're doing. You know it's, what I mean? It seemed really weird right like yeah yeah so awkward there was way too much focus on that dollhouse and i think that gets clued into and then obviously when they take a closer look at the dollhouse well the proof is there so remember the dollhouse was an exact replica of their house in wind gap yeah yes and one of the um the greatest features of that house in Wind Gap was Adora's room. 
It was even featured in, in the lifestyle magazines or whatever because it had an ivory floor. Ivory carpet, yeah. Um, and they yeah. didn't make it in ivory anymore. No. But because it was an exact replica, Emma took those teeth that she took from those girls and put them in the mom's room as the floor. Yeah. Yep. Polished them off and everything. And I thought that was just beyond creepy. So let's go back a little bit and how we talked about how the guys never thought it could be a woman. In all honesty, I don't know how much effort it would have taken to get those teeth out of those girls. A lot. Like, right? Yes. Well, they said there's one part where it says it took it took um, Ama over an hour to get the teeth out of Natalie. Over an hour, yeah. Over an hour to pry the just yeah. to pry the teeth, but yeah. she did it. So after it takes already, a lot of effort. They were already dead, so there was no fighting or anything like that. No, I know, so but... that minimized how much how hard it was. But yeah, it's um, it's not easy removing, right? But just talking about specifics, because I may not listen to true crime podcasts, but I do like to watch a lot of detective stuff. Specifics, so. It was discussed in the book that the teeth were pulled from Anna's face or Anna's mouth, I guess, um, quite a while postmortem. So she was already dead for a while before the teeth were pulled. So there was no blood loss. But Natalie's teeth were pulled immediately after dying. So there was a lot of blood. Why is there no trace of blood anywhere in the whole town? Right. Like, like I still that answer that question so, was not answered anywhere in the book. The but the blood loss from the teeth would not have been extravagant because the heart's not pumping anymore, so it's not active bleeding. True, it's but just, you would find blood somewhere. I'm sure, stop. like a trace okay, of something. That, not really, because even if it's on, even if it was on the girl. Besides that, they did it by the creek, so there's water to wash stuff away. But even if it was on the girls. Let's talk about the one part in the book where they talk about how laundry was going 24-7. Always. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and Camille made the point or, you know, that this just goes back to when Miriam was always sick. So we always had yeah. to clean, blah, 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 blah. And it lasted up until then. So Emma knew yeah. there was laundry always going. All she had to do is throw it in there, no, oh. you know, and be done. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's not going to be so much. It could be easily explained away by, oh, I fell and, you know, a scrape and a this and a that or whatever. But it all she had to do is go home, throw her clothes in the laundry, the maids wash it, and and it's that's that. Yeah. Unbelievable. And because nobody paid attention to her really. No. If, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they knew uh, they knew they paid attention, but not in the right way. Mm. She she wasn't noticed for yeah. her crazy. She was noticed for other things. And I think that's how she also got away with it. Not to mention that she was yeah. the daughter of the most prominent person in the town. And you know what I mean? People weren't going to raise questions, even if they did. Because those yeah. other moms knew that she was a bully and, you know, had their daughters doing stuff. 
And they still didn't say a word to anybody about that. I found it funny when you said she wasn't noticed for crazy. No. No, she wasn't. She was noticed for a lot of things. A lot of things. But not not for being a psychopath that killed girls that took attention away from her. And that's all it was. So she wasn't like a serial killer in the fact that she just wanted to kill. Yes. She became a serial killer because anybody who um threatened her attention threatened yeah. her number one spot had to go yes yeah yeah and, and there was you know, i blame her mother for that of course her mother was like everything had to be pristine and this and that and you but have her mother treated her have- like that omg her mother because her mother had Munchausen's by proxy so she had to have someone to dote on she had to have someone to take care of in a noticeable way like other people had to notice right um and that's why she made her sick Emma was like I'm okay with that I'm okay with being a little sick I know how to control the situation Uh for my own good and what's funny is I don't think mom realized that no like the she one, had no idea. Like the one time that um she was on the front porch and um Camille, you know, walked and she's like, You've got your sister all worked up and you know, she's so sick right now. And no, she had a hangover. So yeah. right <laughs> you know? She just yeah. got her worried herself just sick. <sighs> and yeah. um, Camille was just like, uh, she ain't sick, she got a hangover. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they've been drinking the night before. Mm-hmm. she had her mom fooled oh yeah yeah but so there's a point in the book um that i read that i was disappointed did not progress further was the point where camille follows ama to the pig slaughterhouse remember the there's the yes. whole description about how yeah. the the pigs are made to lie down be mated with give birth to the piglets and then just feed the piglets that's that's all they're doing they're just there yes. as human incubators essentially there's a part where we we see camille following ama ama goes and she just watches and lies down next to a pig that's being tortured helpless basically. being tortured and she's smiling yeah and that whole part really like i knew right away there was a problem with her but the thing with the story it ended there that yeah that kind of weirdness that weirdness that why would she do that what kind of person would do that and smile about it? it it just ended at that chapter and we never heard about it again that would have been a beautiful point to drag into something else rather than all the other fluff we had to read about you know what i mean all they wanted that was foreshadowing definitely i know i just feel like there was there was some there were some writing issues that i had i wasn't impressed i agree with the book overall was good the story overall was good but there was some writing that i had issues with like that extra fluff that didn't need to be there yeah. That piece about the pig that should have been taken somewhere, not just dropped off and forgotten about. They I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not an author. Clearly, I'm not even a literary person. 
But to me, I felt like that was a missed opportunity for something, some sort of discovery there. I don't know. It was just foreshadowing, though. True. Also, there were two things also in the writing that annoyed me a little bit. And they're minor things to me anyway, but um, one, I I don't know. So I, I looked up the author, Jillian. She's American. Mm-hmm. But there were a few pieces of her writing that gave me very British tones. Like, for example, she called a jumper that somebody was wearing a jumper. I'm like, yeah. I don't remember anyone calling those jumpers except for Brits. Brits oh, call they, sweaters jumpers. People call them jumpers here. They call them jumpers. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've never heard it called a jumper except for the Brits. Anyway, you... that to me, it seemed off. It seemed off. That's Anyways, and then back in style, actually. It's a sweater, though. It's just a crew neck sweater. That is not a jumper. No. What's a jumper? A jumper, a jumper is, like, is a... like a a one piece, like short. That's a jumpsuit. No. It was also called a jumper. No, no. The jumper. Okay. So I know the jumper back in my day was a solid, uh, almost like a dress that you wore a white shirt under. That's what we called a jumper. It had like a, a thick strap here. And then like almost like a square. Okay, so the Brits, the, the Brits call a jumper a sweater, like a normal crew neck sweater. That's what they call a jumper. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. So that's why I'm to me when they were so describing we what this is. But aside from that, um, I know that Camille comes from a higher society, let's say a richer family. But the fact that the author had her drinking bourbon threw me off. Why? Because that's not generally a go-to drink for a woman. Oh. And not not a reporter. To me, it just it didn't fit the character. When she started drinking vodka, I was like, okay, maybe that's doable. But when she had her always reaching for bourbon, even at her home in Chicago, I could understand if she was at her mom's house because they're hoity-toity, then yeah, okay, grab a, a glass of bourbon. But at her home in Chicago or, you know, at her whatever reporting job, grabbing a glass of bourbon to me seemed out of character. I I didn't, it threw that, that threw me off. I didn't like that. Anyways, yeah, I know never- those are minor things, but those things really irked me. Yeah. Okay. And a jumper is what Lori said. So it's, it's just a dress. Yeah. That is, it doesn't mm-hmm. have sleeves. It just has this and you wear a shirt yes. under it, like yes. a pinafore oh. or a jumper dress. Because when um, I was little, that's what we used to wear to school. We used and to I wear could, school. I could see how she would dress them and, and her in something like that. It's a very little girl look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when i read it i only thought of jumper like the brits call it a a crew neck sweater that's why i was like it just seems off to me i don't know anyways so that's what that is minor little things for me okay and as far as the bourbon goes i think she probably picked up that habit being um a writer because a lot of men drink bourbon that's true and if she is 
if that so, is like what she is around and stuff like that, I can see how that would be something that she would just pick up because of her surroundings due to. So when I talked, that when I talked to Ron about it, cause I told him before this, I was like, I I'm not liking this bourbon situation. And he's like, well, think she's a reporter. Usually news reporting or writing for newspapers is usually a man's world. So she's probably trying to fit in, mm -hmm. in the man's world and bourbon is men. So, you know, that kind of thing. I was like, okay, I kind of see it. Do I still like it? No. To me, it really threw off the character for me. Like but I just, it, if you think I, to about me, it, it didn't fit. But if you think about it, if that's the case, it's all about her always wanting to fit in and be accepted. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because it's almost like she doesn't have thoughts and feelings. Oh my God, her apartment wasn't even furnished. Like she had nothing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She literally just nothing. Yeah. So yeah. everything she did was to get the approval of others. Yeah. To be accepted by others. That was it. Like, honestly, yeah. I don't even think she really wanted to. She didn't want to write that piece. She was doing it to get the approval of her boss. Yes. You know what I'm yeah. So I think everything about her person was about approval. And yeah, she's not going to rock the boat because of who yeah. her mother is. That's just not what you do. Yeah. So if yeah. bourbon is all that she had available and offered to her, that became her drink of choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Because I don't think she had she had the ability to think on her own. <laughs> no, and I, I don't think she even knew. About her I don't think she knows who she is. No, she does not know who she is. No, not at all. Other think, than writing, writing, she she's clear about. I think she wants to know. She doesn't want to be. Yeah, I don't think she wants to be like them. Like I don't think. No, that, no, she doesn't. Thing. She just got too much. Um, what's the word I want to say? Broken brokenness about her. baggage. Yes. Yeah. And but she's also not seeking help. I mean, she went to the hospital for the cutting part, but that was it. But that's like, when it got bad. She yeah. there's no mention in the book that she's counseling doing any ongoing counseling nothing. or anything. Her boss Curry seems to be very caring. Mm -hmm. and, and looking out for her which is awesome it's always good to have that support in your life him and his wife yes but they're not counselors they're not professionals they're not able to help you work through it you know what i mean and, that's yeah. and there's no discussion about like, that in the book be like oh well that's you know bad on them but i'm okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <coughs> so Lori, did you like the book overall you know what? I don't know that I liked it. I think I liked Gone Girl better. Um, I shouldn't say I didn't like it. Um, I'm going to say it's not one of the better books that I've read. That's for sure. I I don't yeah. know. I, I And again, I'm going to give it a little bit of credit here is because I don't know if it's because I read it piecemeal that it kind of I felt kind of detached from it the story I don't know what it was but yeah I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan I I was shocked at the end I'll be honest were you shocked Steph I I figured it out did you I knew you would I was kind of surprised at the end but you know 
because at Have first you... I at first I thought it was Adora and I'm like it's too easy like yeah. that's too yeah. easy so you, know, you have to look deeper and there was a moment I was like it's freaking the husband it's Alan because he's so well, quiet and reserved I and whatever him, mm-hmm. but I also thought of Camille that I was thinking you know uh, she's back yeah. in town she never she never because there was already one murder before she got there I know but it's not doesn't say that she couldn't have done it no that's very true <laughs> um so anyway I just thought oh my gosh like is it her could it be her <laughs> so yeah I was kind of surprised even though I had an inkling that the the stepsister was a little bit wonky but well really wonky I put it together when they moved back to Chicago oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah before she so killed Lori, the other you girl said- but I started putting it together yeah. I was like oh because here is my thing is I was thinking um adora has munchausen by proxy yeah okay that that doesn't fit in with killing those two girls no because she's not getting anything from that and if you have munchausen's you have to get the accolades you have to get the attention so killing them was not doing that for her she wasn't a serial killer she just had munchausen's right right yeah so that's when i was like okay it can't be her and then i was thinking alan because well he just seems like a psychopath him and his quiet little <laughs> yeah. totally does no sweating <laughs> self um yeah but then there was like no there's no way that's him either and so when they moved back to chicago i was like oh my god it's it's emma like i just i knew yeah that it was her. Yeah. so Lori, you mentioned that so Lori, you mentioned you feel like part of why you didn't enjoy the book was because you read it piecemeal or could be because of that have you read other books piecemeal not like that see the thing like that i found it a little bit difficult to get into and then it was too easy for me to put it down and then when i picked it up yeah i just picked it up from where i left off and then yeah. So I got to the point where I was doing that a little bit more with this book. Even I said to Steph, you know, I, oh, I got to get back to that book because I, I just let other things get in the way. Um, yeah. But I'm the kind of person that I need to be grabbed right the second I start reading a book or I I tend to do that, put it aside, not look at it, not, yeah. you know what I mean? But I found with this book, because for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like all over the map. I, I just yeah. was not getting a sense of, you know what and I mean? And I think, and I think that's probably like, because I read it all in one shot in one day, I was able to just get past those, this part doesn't matter to the story at all and just get to where the story does matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I had had to like read it in chunks, I probably would have been lost too. Because like I said at the beginning, there's so many parts of the story that have nothing to do with the storyline. Yeah. Like a lot of description of these characters and that character and what yeah, she's wearing and, and what she's doing. I'm like, none of that has anything to do with it's not leading towards the plot. It's yeah. not leading towards the end. Like nothing. Why is this here? So if I'd had to put it down, I would have been like, oh, I have to keep reading this thing, you know? Yeah. So 
See, and I think that's what it is for me. I'm I don't I don't like the over over analyzing things and oh, you know, the flower that she walked by was purple and like who gives a crap? Get to the <laughs> who cares what color the flower was? But yeah, over descriptions is another killer for me. So maybe that's another reason why I put it down so often because I'm like, oh my God. I yeah. I found it. It wasn't until almost midsection to the end where I was kind of, oh, what's going on here? You know what I mean? I felt a little bit more excited by the ending of it versus the beginning of it. Yeah, the beginning yeah. was super slow. Like they yeah. would have done better. Like, yes. Putting the first thing is her on the doorstep of her mom's house and her mom yeah. acting that way. Yes. Yeah. And then like yeah. flashing back, you know, why she was there or whatever. But the first couple of chapters are just like, okay, get to the point yeah get to yes. the point. no just yeah. get to the point what what are we doing here um we yeah doing? i agree with that right so steph did you enjoy the book um i mean you so the three of us read it in different fashions i read it in one day laura you read it in chunks over time yeah. and steph listened to Listen it as an audiobook. audiobook yes yeah. yeah um so but did you like it did you enjoy it I'm going to go with like Lori. It was not one of my favorites. It didn't get good until we started really putting together the Munchausen's with Adora and yeah. you know what I'm saying? All the other stuff before that. All yeah. the, the the sexual stuff and the relationships and the talk about, you know, all the things happening when you're 13 years old. Absolutely, positively unnecessary. Okay. Yeah. Adora was well enough on her own to contribute to the mental demise of Camille. We, we didn't need all of that other stuff. Yeah. Um, right. Because I don't think it, because it had nothing to do with the story. It had zero to do right. with why Emma did what she did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. It'd be one thing if that was, this is the, um, you know, this is how the town is, and this is the um oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Not atmosphere, but setting. Anyway, this is like um God bless America. I wish I could come up with words sometimes. Anyway, this is the expectation of the town, right? They're just full of rapists, for lack of a better mm. word. Yeah. And this is why Camille is the way she is, and this is why Emma is the way she is. But all of that and there was so much mention of it yeah yes zero bearing on yes the reason why those two girls were the way they were agreed agreed so, it's very sad yeah and it and it's like i said it's to me there were so many triggers about it that it was it was kind of hard to read at times it, to like me listening yeah. to it i i'm I'm glad that when I listen to audiobooks, for the most part, I'm doing other things. So I can tune out, mm -hmm. you know, like things that I don't really want to. I mean, I hear it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not sitting on it. Mm. Whereas other things like sometimes that it, like when we were talking about, you know, her finding out about her sister and going to the hospital and all that, I was yeah. hardcore listening to yeah. that. When they're droning on and on about high school and what happened and all of that, I'm just like, I'm so, I'm busy. I'm not paying attention, you know, because, yeah, that's, yeah, there's no reason for that. 
Yeah. So I'm gonna. So say, I would say once I got five, I'm gonna give it a three. I was gonna ask how many stars you would give it. Three, because I was about a three, maybe three and a half, but oh, yeah. So we're all on the same page, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like I liked the ending of it, and I liked once we got to the actual story part yes. of who killed who and why and how and That's that. I enjoyed. I that liked too. that part. But that was like chapter 10 to 17. 1 yeah. to 10 was not necessary, essentially. No. I'm generalizing, but well, you know what I mean? Up. It just was like a little bit of a build up here and there, right? Well, yeah. Even then, but yeah, I, I mean, would say probably three, three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it could have, it had the potential to be so much better. But again, it spent way too much time on un- unnecessary things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a turnoff for me. So let me ask yeah. you, are we going to do another book review, do you think? Or... Yes. We don't know if I our listeners want to hear us drone on and on about <laughs> another book. Yeah, you guys are going to have to let us know. Yeah. And here, here's yeah. an idea. Why don't you give us an idea of what books you want us to read? Yeah, yeah. Give us a give us an idea of what you'd like. That'd be good. I would like to know first if anyone read this book oh, that's who is idea. listening yes. and what they feel about this book, whether they read it when we said we were going to record this or if they had read it already beforehand. I'm curious to know if any of our listeners have read Sharp Objects and what they thought of it and if they could give it like a rating of one to five stars type thing. And then after that, they can tell us what book, if any, they would like us to read next because I'm all about somebody getting my butt in gear to do more reading. So yes, I will will do it. Yeah, Yeah, I enjoyed it. Sounds good, ladies. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us on our podcast again. Don't forget to follow us <laughs> in all the places, Instagram, um, Patreon, and of course, the podcast where you listen to us. Don't forget to follow us in all the places. Lori Dean Plans, Sticker Designs by Mel, and Steph's Design Space. And until next time, bye. Bye. bye.